This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio, episode number 32. Listen to some exciting ideas to improve your life and advance your career with Sabrina Brahm and Susan Bull Kelly Butler, who is the first woman partner at Accenture. Accenture is a Fortune 500 company with more than 236,000 employees across 120 countries. In this exciting and motivating interview, Susan will share how she developed herself for career advancement and her thought-provoking insights and strategies that will help you promote yourself and other women. Be sure to listen for a special offer at the end of the show, how to get a free copy of my new course. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast. Showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brahm and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur, join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is Women's Leadership Success. Dot com. We're talking today with Susan Butler, Women Becoming the CEO of You, Inc. It's new strategies for improving your life and new techniques for advancing your career. Susan Bull Kelly Butler is the CEO of the Susan Bull Kelly Butler Institute for the Development of Women Leaders. She is a pioneer in the business world. She is the first woman professional and later partner at the firm that became Accenture. She has served on the boards of Girl Scouts of the USA, Junior Achievement Worldwide, and Leadership Inc. Her new book, Women Count, a, Changing, a Guide to Changing the World and Becoming the CEO of You, are incredible. Susan encourages women to envision true equality and take the steps to truly make this happen. Susan, Welcome. Thanks, Sabrina. It's so great to talk to you this morning. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. I wonder if you'd share a little of your background with us. Well, you did a nice job with my uh, bio, uh, but I, what I would like to do is just say a few comments. The first thing, when I went to work for Arthur Anderson, uh, I realized that I had a job versus a career. And and I, I found that out because I uh, didn't get promoted when I thought I was going to get promoted. Once I did get promoted, I took, I realized that I needed to take responsibility, and that's how I became the CEO of me, to make things happen for me rather than let things happen to me. And so that provided me uh, with the skills and the opportunities to move my career forward to become a senior executive at Anderson Consulting which is now Accenture. And and then once I retired, and people would say, well, Susan, you really haven't retired, and I haven't, because my challenge now, as it has been in the past, is to help women and girls, zillions of women and girls, be all they can be. And that's through my institute to uh, develop women leaders. And my current role in Vision 2020 which is a program that is all about bringing equality and sight for women uh, by 2020. And if you wonder why 2020, the year 2020, well, that's when we're going to be celebrating the 100th anniversary of the right to vote. 
for many of you, you probably haven't thought about when we weren't able to vote. And uh, so in 2020, we're going to celebrate the 100th anniversary, and we're going to do our best to bring equality and sight for women by that day. So that's my where I am today and what I'm doing for the future. Well, that's that's wonderful, and I I encourage every woman that's listening to this call to um, go to Vision 2020 and join you in doing this. It's it's a great goal for all of us. Um, I want to mention you mentioned in your book that you were constantly tapping into different strengths to reinvent yourself. Um, it seems like something that's really important for women to do, and I wonder if you could share how you did this. Well, it's very interesting, Sabrina, because uh, I think about I must think about reinventing myself almost every day, because I saw a headline today um, on the internet that said Africa is going to be a different place for women in ten years. They've got over fifty percent of the population, and and they've got lots of women in senior leadership roles and, and a Nobel Prize uh, winner uh, just announced last week. And and I think, my goodness, if they can change the world for women in 10 years, why can't we? And so I immediately began thinking, okay, now, you know, I'm tapping into me now. What can I do differently because I've seen that headline? How are we going to make that headline happen for America? How are we going to translate that into what I'm doing today to say, wow, that's a that's quite a goal for Africa. Now, why not America? So I tap into everything almost every day about where somebody's going into the future and how it impacts me and how I translate that into what I'm doing. And then how am I going to make it happen? Those are kind of my three steps that I go through. And it's almost on a daily basis, if you can believe that. I do believe that because really that's all you you can really do is something on a daily basis, right? You've got to you've got to take those small steps. That's absolutely right. It's I mean it's no it's no different than the conversation that you and I have had about doing webinars, right? Right. That's the future. So how now how are we going to translate that into how we're going to impact everybody that listens to your radio show? and uh, make a difference exactly for those women. Exactly. Moving down to a, a smaller level, when when you talk about achieving goals, you had a really interesting thing that you you did with that. You said you put taglines on them. Can you talk about what a tagline is? Well, it's uh, the tagline was conceived, I believe, uh, you know, when you say, okay, you've got, you meet somebody on an elevator and, you got 30 seconds. They said, well, what do you do, Susan? You've got 30 seconds to describe it. So it's the elevator speech or the 30-second elevator speech. And, and you know, it's amazing because somebody said to me, Susan, what do you hope to achieve? And I that was zillions of girls making an impact on zillions of girls uh, to be all they can be. And somebody just the other day said, Susan, that's an amazing tagline for you. I never thought about it. So that's my tagline for me. That's what I do. And and we talk about I talk about a tagline um for everything that I do because that's an easy way to describe it. And impacting impacting 
uh, zillions of women and girls through Vision 2020. That's a tagline. Right. So if, just on the smaller level, though, let's say you've, let's say a woman wants to speak up more in meetings. Uh, then the tagline, what would a tagline be that she would use for that goal? Uh, a tagline w- would be something like finding my voice. And that's a very important point that you just made about speaking up in meetings, uh, talking about your point of view, mm-hmm. uh, because we get nervous and people say, ooh, you talk, you do talking to yourself, oh, my, my point of view isn't as, as good as all of theirs. Well, your point of view is as valuable as theirs. No point of view is wrong. And we all come from a different perspective. And so it's important that we get our point of view out there. Uh-huh. It's important. Great. You also mentioned that in life there's no such thing as perfect choices, only smart choices. <laughs> what's the, what's the difference between a perfect choice and a smart choice? Oh, well, well, there is no perfect choice. I mean, there is no they're all just smart choices and and what I try to do is think through the pros and cons of a choice that I need to make. And it's, you know, what are the what are the pros and what are the cons? What's the worst thing that could happen? Probably not much. And and then I talk to some people, my team. One of the points in my book CEO of you is is who's on your team so you can talk to people about different things. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the last thing I do is I follow my gut. And I I interviewed three women last week, and they all talked about how important it was to follow their gut. The smart choice is to follow your gut. And I always think about the times when I haven't followed my gut, and I thought, Susan, why didn't you do that? You should have followed your gut. So that that really fits in with evaluate the reasons to, for saying no to any opportunity before well, it slips away. Well, that's a that's another key point in my book is when to say yes and when to say no. And I've got two two thoughts on that. There are two areas. One is uh, somebody asks you to do something. And our standard answer, Sabrina, you know this as well as I, is, oh, of course I'd love to do it. You know, I'll help you. Well, you've got to learn when to say yes and when to say no because your plate is full. It's always full. And and one of the points I make in the book is, you know, if you say no to somebody, they're not going to remember that as much as, when you say yes and don't deliver because you've got too much on your plate. Mm-hmm. So that's one point of when to say yes and when to say no. Another point, which is really important, is building your confidence. When to say yes when somebody asks you or says, here's a good opportunity for you, Sabrina, and you think, oh, ooh, um, do I? can I really do that? Mm-hmm. And what you're really saying is, is your confidence in yourself getting in your way? I had an opportunity to go to Sao Paulo, Brazil, to work on a project, and this was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And I made up that I don't even know why I told Carlos I wasn't going to be able to do it. But I said, you know, I'll find somebody to take my place. My mentor said, Susan, do you realize what you did? <laughs> you let your confidence in yourself get in your way. 
Carlos had more confidence in you than you had in yourself. And you missed this golden opportunity to go to Sao Paulo. The team went to Rio. They went to the Amazon. They did all of this great stuff on their way back. And I didn't. I missed out on all of that, and I missed out on the opportunity to build my confidence and build my skills uh, in a new area. So those are two two places where it's very important to think about when you're saying yes and when to say no. And if it's to build your confidence, say yes, absolutely. That's that's great advice. And I'm, I want to go back to saying no because uh, a lot of the women I work with in corporations, besides their regular job, and as you know, people have a lot on their plates nowadays, there's all these extra projects. And what I hear from women is, if I say no, it could affect my career because you're supposed to take on whatever the boss wants you to, but I know if I take this next project on, I won't be able to do a good job. Do you have a suggestion for a way that, how do you handle that when you're already doing as much as you can? Right. Great idea. Great question. And and we we always want to take on everything, right? I think the best way is to sit down with with whoever's asking you and say, you know, I really, really would love to do this. Now, when does it have to be done? Because we assume it has to be done immediately, and so does everything else. So when does it have to be done? And just sit down and say, well, this is what's on my plate now. Now, if you can help me reorganize what's on my plate, I'll be happy to help you. <laughs> but I don't want to say yes to you because and and then not deliver. So I think it's and it's really important to sit down with that person without just saying, you know, he he or she may say, well, it could be done in a few weeks, and then you've got a window where you could get it done. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's having confidence in yourself to have that conversation. Right. It's 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 seeing the person as an ally and not as uh, somebody who's trying to do you in. Absolutely right. Yeah. And if you don't deliver, look how they're going to look at you. Right. And look at the stress you're going to build if you say you're going to do it and you already have a zillion things on your to-do list. I mean, you're going to end up working like I did all weekend to get stuff done. Uh-huh. So Which it, isn't fair. Yeah. So you know, and and if you if you brainstorm with this person, and you say, "Look, here's the bottom line. With all that's on my plate, there's no way I can deliver for you. So I know you want you need somebody to do be able to do that. That that's probably they'll appreciate that more than you taking it on. Well, that's the other thing. And maybe what you've done is you have assumed whatever they're asking to be a huge thing. And when you talk to them about what it really is, it, it's not that big at all, so maybe you can get it done. Exactly. I like that. You know, I love your um, stages of networking. You, you talk about the difference between networking and effective ne- networking, and you have stages. Could you tell us the difference between networking and effective networking? Well, I I came upon this from a... a faculty person that I ran into that was really doing research on the whole networking area and and what strategic networking really is all about. And and I think we we all take networking too lightly. We go to a meeting and say, well it's a networking event and and 
we don't think about well what is it that we're going why are we going who are we going to meet and how's it going to help me move forward and and what we really want to do is we want to go which is stage 1 uh for, to uh meet people to expand our base to to get to know new people connect with them and and then the second stage of taking a new person like meeting you um how do we how do we change that acquaintance which we had over the internet um to become useful allies and how are we working together with that person getting to know that person what do you need you know with your program Sabrina and what do I need mm-hmm. um so we want to learn more about each other and then we want to figure out how we together can be strategic for one another. And networking is not a one-way street. It's a two-way street. It's important that we not only I not only glean from you being on your radio show, but that I turn around and say, okay, now, Sabrina, I just ran across this information. I thought it would be helpful to you. So that we're, we're a, a give-and-take kind of uh, a relationship. Mm-hmm. And that we keep in contact. I mean, it's important to when you've got a strategic relationship with somebody that you pop in every now and then, oh, Sabrina, I thought you'd like this to see this email, like you did with me yesterday on the the uh, New York Times article. That was uh-huh. great. Uh-huh. That was Women great. in parody, yeah. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> thank you. And this uh, stages, I really like they have several people right now that are being groomed to go into upper management and for the first time they're being they're they're going to be meeting with different vice presidents of the of the company and they were several of them were nervous about doing this and i loved you three stages i said look you, you need to meet with them more than once the first time you're not you're not going to be uh having that deep relationship with them you know if you think about doing it in stages i think it's a little more relaxing than you know you're you're going in to meet with the president or the vice president. It's your only chance to ever have a conversation with him. Well, yeah, the, it's probably not the only chance, and you hope it's not the only chance. Right. I mean, I mean, the idea is to go in and introduce yourself, and and you know, why should why should uh, you get to know me, and and why should I get to know you, and what's this relationship that we want to build, and and then then you go back and get to know after you've gotten to know them and. And things, it's it's interesting how things just happen serendipitously. I have found that out. Once you start thinking about that person you just met and the a relationship that you, you started to develop, then other things happen. You maybe start running into him or her in the hallway or at other meetings or um, quoted in a newspaper or, or something like that. But serendipitously, things will begin happening, I believe, that will further that conversation. Mm-hmm. And when you have an, the attitude you were talking about where you're helping that person as well as that you want something from them. So you're looking for ways that you can be useful or help, helpful to them all the time. Absolutely. I think, I think that increases that. The other thing that you can do too, and this is the whole thing about a strategic network, is to say, okay, I know you, Sabrina. Now, who do you know that can be helpful to me, and vice versa, so that you know I'm broadening my net out into 
you know, the world. And that's the whole idea of what's going on on the Internet today. Mm-hmm. You know, you blog with me and, and, and then all the people that are connected to me see what you're doing and, and vice versa. And it's, that's the strategicness uh, of moving you forward to wherever it is you want to be. Yeah, and the the blogging and LinkedIn, can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's something we haven't talked about much on this program, and it seems like such a useful way to develop your career. Well, it is, uh, or develop, uh, not develop your career, too. Um, I'm I'm updating, I'm coming up with a new release of my book, Become the CEO of You, uh-huh. uh, in May, and one of the... Uh, big additions to it will be this whole idea of social networking and how to do it and how not to do it. And and I would just say right now, be careful what you're putting out on the net because it lives there forever. <laughs> and And I think a lot of people are failing to realize that some of the things that they may have put out as a youngster or, or maybe some of these uh, new people are these people that are going to be graduating from college. People go out and see, you know, what how you've used the Internet mm-hmm. and who you're linked in with, the kinds of people that you're linked in with and the kinds of people that you're talking to. I mean, there's a lot to be, you know, good things and bad things. But I think LinkedIn is great. Uh, it's a golden opportunity for, uh, I talked to uh, graduates, um, college graduates, and they go out and use it saying, okay, I'm going to go talk to Accenture. Now, who's out there in LinkedIn that works for Accenture, and how can I connect with that person to help me with my interview mm-hmm. or to help me get a job or to understand what it's like to work with Accenture? Mm-hmm. That's, those are good things, and, and those are ways in a positive way a fashion to um, use the LinkedIn connections or use the Facebook connections, uh, in a in, you know to help you move on to the next job. I know that a young woman just lost her uh, job in in um, Seattle, and she put a message out on LinkedIn, and and uh, was getting some feedback from that message. Great, that's that's wonderful. You. you um or before we started the call, you were talking about the women that won the the uh, Nobel Prize for Peace, which was so exciting this year. The the two African women and the the Arab woman woman. Can you yeah. say a little bit about that and and how it relates to your Make It Happen? Well, I'm just I'm just excited because uh, here are three outstanding women that are getting all of this press all over the world, the Nobel Prize winners, uh, for what they're doing for women and how they are changing the world for women um, all over the, you know, in their countries and hopefully lighting fires under other people like me who are trying to change the world for women in America. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I see what they're doing, and just like that headline saying in 10 years it's going to be different in Africa, and I say, wow, you know, if they can do great things in Africa in 10 years, um, let's just see what we can do in America. 
Right. And, and so it gets my juices going and it says, okay, now how can we get that same kind of passion going here in America? We've first got to realize that we're not equal mm-hmm. and that we're stuck. I mean, we've got a lot of women in a middle management role, but we are stuck at the senior leadership role at 20% or less. Now, when we're graduating more than 50% of the women from college today, when we're nearly 50% of the workforce, when we're making over 80% of the buying decisions, um, I mean, we need to be equally represented. So how are we going to make that happen? And from my standpoint, your audience, all the women need to take this on as, as a passion to pull other women up. And unfortunately, we don't do that very well. So that's what we need to change. We need to really want to bring more women up. It's not just us. More women up to help make this world a better place for women. You know, I I love what you're saying, and I think so many times um, myself and, and all of us we don't realize we can make a difference. Um, I have another radio show that's going to be going up on what to do if you're pregnant at work and you're a leader. And what I realized as I was listening to it was every woman should listen to it because we can all help those women that are pregnant be more successful at work. And that we can we can all support each other, whether it's in a meeting and someone speaks up. Um, I, I have one client, she says, when a woman says something and then a man interrupts and says the same thing, she makes a point of saying, uh, Joanna just said that, John. <laughs> so. That's right. We need to support each other. And how many, I, that's a very routine thing, and we don't know how to respond to it. And I remember, I mean, for years that happened to me, and I thought it was just me. Right. Until somebody else said that. And then you say, okay, now how do I respond? Or how is there going to be another woman in there that says, oh, John, you know, Sally just said that. But the important thing is that there's still a lot of places where there's only one woman. And so my goal is to say, we all need to look around and and see who's on our team. We all need to look around at our tables and say, are there three women here or are there 30% women here? And if not, why not? And how are we going to change that picture? Right. Every day. Every day. In some way. I had a woman, we were having this conversation on Become the CEO. She had the revelation sitting there. She was a senior exec sitting there saying, Susan, you know what I just realized? I have ten people on my team and nine of them are men. Right. Now, I mean, it's you know, it's those things that just pass us by and we don't even think about. Exactly. Exactly. And and we can do something about that. And I'm gonna ask if you'll come back another time and talk uh about your other book, which is uh what is it? A Women Count, A Guide to a Changing, guide to the, changing world. the World. I'd That's really... wonderful, and I would love to have a conversation on equality for women. Okay, well, that would be a wonderful thing. The first 10 people who email me or fax me a copy of your receipt for the book, Become the CEO of You, Inc., 
will receive a copy of my new course, 15 Leadership Secrets Guaranteed to Help Women Get Promoted. You can go to the contact page on womensleadershipsuccess.com to get this information and to fill out the form. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brom, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrom.com. Since 1989, Sabrina and her team have helped hundreds of women managers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs with valuable trainings, articles, books, and executive coaching. For additional tips, interviews, and free access to Great Leaders Today mini-course, visit www.womensleadershipsuccess.com.